Welcome back to the Mishmash Mahlash podcast, the podcast where we answer Alash. I'm your host, Abdul, and today I wanted to share a very unpopular opinion. Psych, it's actually very popular, and my, the opinion is that and, uh, I hate with a deep passion. I truly, truly hate Hanna. I think it is weird. I think it is disgusting. I think it's one of the worst things Lee ever existed. And I swear I'm not racist, but... I can't handshake she wahidli is wearing hanna, let alone eat something that is cooked by the hands of someone that is wearing hanna. And this is a statement li, a lot of people share, specifically male Moroccans. I think li, it is very common for us to feel this way. And it is justified. It's also not justified because it is up to your personal preference. Uh, you do whatever you want. But also, who the fuck are we to judge or say what women shouldn't or should not do? If they enjoy wearing henna, then who are we to validate or not validate the opinion? May I also need podcast contents, and I am a yapper, so you're going to have to listen to me yap about henna as well as many other informations. Specifically, as I was doing research about the subject, only to discover it is actually a great storyteller and it is pretty symbolic. So in this episode, we will talk about the history of Al-Hanna, how it usually works, how everything around it, not scientifically, but like in how it inks the skin and all of that. And then we will talk about some interesting ways and how it is applied and all of that shit. Stick around. Alright, so you might think we're going to talk maybe about Lhenna in Morocco and how it started there. But actually, if we do want to talk about the history of Lhenna as a whole, we actually have to go back way, way, way back to ancient Egypt. Specifically, in the 1894, maybe 539 before Christ. I say Christ, we're in a Muslim country, but you know, Western world documentation, what can you do? Apparently, the earliest records and the earliest usage cases report back to ancient Egypt where they used to use it as a way to, to wrap mummies and basically to conserve the decay of a body. It was also said using henna on a body or a corpse also helped retain the spirit of the person and basically helped them transition into the afterlife to the ancient Egyptians. And it was also used by ancient Egyptians as medicine. It was actually used when added to other oils and other plants to treat ringworms. And more most importantly, it was also used as a way to keep cool in 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 heat, basically. They used henna and body parts to keep the body cool. And this was not common to Egypt. This was actually common in North Africa as well as the Middle East, where basically countries can grow henna as well as countries have a lot of heat or hot temperatures in the summer. They used henna as a way to cope and maybe cool off shishuya. The way that we know where basically you apply it to the skin and make patterns and all of that is believed to be introduced by the Mughal Empire, which was in India. 
it's believed that these were the first people to introduce henna as an arts medium where basically they would tattoo people uh, with specific arts in ceremonies and events which would show the the person that is tattooed their commitments their history their social class their wealth everything related to that and it is believed that had the practice is one of the first originators of the way we use henna specifically in moroccan weddings in morocco it is believed that the jews were the first people to introduced the ceremony gel applied henna to a bride and maybe the the husband as well and specifically using the fine arts and specific uh, symbolism of the henna itself in morocco and while in Jewism, it is implied that the Jews in Morocco who were the first people to introduce it. Henna was actually used in Islamic culture. There are a collection of prophet sayings, as well as sayings or recounts of his followers and companions, Sahaba, li imply using henna to color the hair as well as the beard as a medicinal treatment to ailments as well as a way to adorn the body or celebrate a specific occasion basically so it, the, the history is unsure but but it is said that the indian empire the mughal empire they ruled india where the people they popularized it basically to the entire world well can here in morocco it can be said and since the the islamic culture and islamic history has records of usage of henna it is implied that the jews were also some of the people who used this as well as the amazigh tribe but it is unsure whether the amazigh used henna before or after where islam was first introduced to morocco it is very unclear and very undocumented are undocumented i don't know why but yeah uh, basically, in Morocco, it, it originated from the Jews, sp- uh, according to to the documentation of the Natural History Museum in the UK. But also, it is also said that it was introduced via Islam, or you can say historically, believe it was used by the Amazigh, and Islam practice only served as a way to validate or validate the usage and maybe popularize it even more. It is very, there's no, there's no conclusive evidence from Maghreb or anywhere else. So we, the only thing that we have to work with are historic, historical recordings and recipes that show how henna was used, whether medically or aesthetically, basically. All right, so the use cases of henna, I assume most of us are familiar with. You either use it on your hair or your skin. Although, interestingly, in the Middle East, some people practice the, the, the acts of using henna on your fingernails, as implied by the hadith or sunnah. But that is very rare and very minimal, if you look at the grand picture, so it is not considered a proper use case of henna. In the hair, it is used as essentially a dye, as you use henna on hair, it makes it red. It is also used in commercial products, for cosmetic hair dyes, and it is said that it helps the hair. Well, it is 
the current scientific evidence does not say belly pure henna i'm not saying other types of henna belly pure henna or la green henna adds any properties to the hair it is only when using other products yel henna matan fhal black henna or red henna or mixed with other products will you get a dye plus nourishment or conditioning for the hair and that it's used alone only serves to dye the hair and make it red in europe it was very unpopular until the 800s and luckily in the 1950s opera singers and other artistic people took henna as a trend and even used it in their own hair but currently where henna is mostly used it is mostly used as a body tattoo or la body art and in the west it is heavily heavily romanticized as an exotic tattoo ola which falls into the exotic culture but we come back to our country our culture and i can't really say much about how it is used apart from that the 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 way that we use henna is aesthetic added in ceremony so there's not a lot to be said although i will get more into the facts of of fun ways how henna tells a story mainly through the designs but what i do want to say and what i want to nerd about is the scientific evidence of how henna works and this is what i believe is the most interesting parts for chicken apart from the storytelling parts all right so if you're like me you've always wondered elesh when you touch a henna leaf the plants of henna nothing happens but when you start messing around with the powder and the paste something you get a stain on your hand or maybe you're afraid of dirty in your hand with henna oh <laughs> um and it turns out believe the answer to this is a little chemical factor called lawson no not the japanese convenience store i meant lawson the chemical so hydroxy 14 naphthoquinone it's also called henotonic acid and it is the main dye that is present in henna and it is the main reason why henna leaves such a stain on the on the skin as well on hair as well henna plant is full of lawson right it is so full with lawson and fresh you touch the plant the lawson is contained within the plant so my qalqal but fresh you break the the plants and you crush it and you mill it and you dry it and you sift it the powder that you form and you get which is the one that we usually buy that is full of lawson raw lawson and then you're supposed to mix the powder with water maybe lemon maybe strong tea and then you add some sugar to it to help improve the the consistency basically make it a very sticky paste so it applies even better and these contributing factors can boost the effectiveness of lawson because fresh lawson interacts with the skin or the hair it basically reacts with keratin the keratin protein that is present in the skin or the hair and that creates a very 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 strong permanent stain in the body that can only be removed via skin shedding or hair shedding and Recent studies show that the lawson chemical compound is actually very absorbent of UV light and it is a great sun sun tanning agent or sunscreening agent and it baffles me 
بلي our ancestors شحال هادي without having the current scientific knowledge simply knew بلي أن using الحنة helps you against the sun especially in summer only recently did we realize بلي lawson the chemical compound that is present in الحنة is for, it can strongly absorb UV light and it is a great sunscreen I I know بلي the current chemical knowledge or the scientific knowledge we have is based on our ancestors our ancestral knowledge and it was basically trial error observed experimentation because realistically you have nothing to do so you're gonna stop so you're gonna start fucking around with lots of pieces or lots of elements and from these you derive the theory or the conclusion you can use it every day and that is how we know what we know about plants about food about But still, I find that extremely cool and extremely amazing because our ancestors set out the way for us on how to protect ourselves from the sun, even though they never had to worry about the ozone layer. In our current timeline, in our current year, the ozone layer has been shut. But still, we still worry about UV lights and skin cancer and all of that. Back to the points. Lawson can only apply a reddish brown color. I'm sure all of us are familiar with. And that color applies to every skin. And what's more interesting is that the Lawson chemical element is a slow actor. And that's why usually if I should do even though I've never done it in my life and I don't think I'll ever do, you have to wait at the time 48 hours in Parfois, if you want it to really stick, you may where you have to wait for the paste to dry after you apply it, wait for it to dry. And if the skin starts naturally exfoliating the clay paste, I'll let you remove it with like normal removal, meshi with water because water interferes with the chemical reaction with the oxidation of the loss and the keratin. And you should only use oil to remove it, but usually. Three to four, or like five days, or like until the paste is removed via exfoliation, gives you the best and the longest lasting henna imprints, basically. So remember a few minutes ago, the Mughal Empire that was based in India is the empire credited with using henna as decoration for celebrations on the skin and all of that. Turned out, I lied. Or like I was purposefully hiding some information. I wanted to check what you're listening to. Also, I like to spread misinformation. I love spreading misinformation. But actually, historical footage shows women, specifically women, used henna as a way to adorn their bodies a very long time ago. Even in 1680 BCE, before Christ. And there were cave markings, wall paintings that showed brides wearing henna on their nails, palms, and soles. Something that we still apply to at Lakhta. But only when it was introduced to the Indian Empire, it became an art, basically. Our ancestors, I'm talking old, old ancestors, they used, they used henna as a way to adorn the body and even applied it to women. But in the patterns that we currently know, that if you whatever, she applies to you. The patterns, the very intricate, detailed, beautiful patterns, were only introduced or seen as an art or crafted throughout the ages 
through the Indian culture. Me do use as lhenna as a way to accessorize and beautify women. It was used chalhadi, but the aesthetics or the arts li followed dakshi was done in only fish the Indian Empire rose to power basically. And what I think is really beautiful when so many statues li from 1500 to 500 BCE, they show the especially across the Mediterranean coastline. This is statues from the Mediterranean coastline. These statues show the women used to raise their hands with the markings consistent of lhenna, like and it shows really these groups of women were some of them were young, some of them were fertile, aka married. And it seemed really had practice is credited to be the origin which is something we basically every country in the Middle East, in North Africa, we do consistently. I I really love how in, uh, we are connected. 1500 BCE. We were doing the same practices, the same everything. We are all connected through it, and we still practice had practices that where like people are gathered together, they spread their joy, they spread their happiness, they share baraka likain of the I this is beliefs, and it's just mm, it's just an amazing process that I think is just beautiful. This is anthropology at its peak. This is humanity at its peak, and this is the main subject you've read in the title. This is why Hanna is a great storyteller. It shows throughout the years, throughout the cultures, across the entire Mediterranean, we all seem to agree that the use of plants is added through joyous occasions. It is used as medicine. It is used as a way to protect ourselves from the sun, from the heat. And I think it's beautiful despite our differences despite the cultures despite how every country got tribe were separated back then they all just agreed was something that women wore in celebration in weddings and festivals and we all agreed had patterns had had application was something seen as beautiful it was something beautiful it was something aesthetic it was something that women used to basically beautify themselves and make themselves look attractive and everyone just agrees believe this this plant is happy this plant is protection this plant is blessed this plant is everything and i think it is a story to allergy the mediterranean yes and Sarhatan, it only seems to work as a storyteller in Mediterranean countries because that's where it grows, that's where it flourished. And it's, it's just so damn beautiful, really. Had the cultures just agreed on one thing throughout the years, despite nobody, despite not them having the communication, basically, and it transcended over the years. It's beautiful. And if you allow me, I would love to share some examples. Oh la, yeah. Examples of how countries used henna as a ceremony and like the symbolism behind it. Metalen in Bulgaria, Bulgaria Romanipta. Uh, before the wedding day, the bride usually is decorated with a drop of henna on her skin, 
and this is meant as a way to symbolize the drop of blood and it would happen after basically the wedding and like show the virginity that celebrates the female hymen fish it breaks and it is also said the longer the, the henna drop lasts the longer the husband will love his bride and that's kind of fucked up in a way but also is is tradition so you can't really critique it it's more of either love it or hate it basically and in pakistan adatan both the groom and the bride they get their henna tattoos much like morocco algeria egypt palestine all these middle eastern and north african countries everyone does had practice gel applying henna on the bride some countries also do the groom as well of hal afghanistan pakistan and iran may what's special about pakistan is that had had nahar dial henna where everybody does that obviously may usually the the bride and the groom adatan they do it alone and it is preferred and had the couples to get matching tattoos or matching designs dial henna as a sign of their union and my favorite example comes from yemen where like the one in bulgaria where they use the drop of alhanna uh, as a way to symbolize the hymen virginity fertility and all of that it is also said by the yemenite jews although most of them that live in the occupied palestine many of them uh also works for other yemenite people as well not the jews but that but also the muslims as well it is said believe the bride fresh is about to get married the dressing of the bride or the, the way the bride fresh the bride does henna is usually done by a woman who is post menopausal meaning adds an older years 60 plus 50 plus li cannot bear child anymore and this is done blani because it is impl- it is said believe fresh it is done that way it wards off the evil spirits and the jinn الجين بالضبط هاد التاتواج and specifically because the women اللي عملتها is postmenopausal she is not she cannot give them the eye or la give them تعطيهم العين so she cannot curse them and she also wards off the evil spirits and the jinn فاش كتسمى هاد الحنة and now we come to the last parts اللي I wanted to discuss I kept it on purpose. I kept it on purpose. I didn't want to announce it first I mentioned the planned episode because it's a treat for all the listeners who listen to the episode and all that. But I wanted to know and I'm going to answer the question why is Al-Hanna hated and why is Al-Hanna loved by Moroccans and by non-Moroccans as well. This is for clarification had the opinion majid from a moroccan person who asked and researched other moroccans opinion about lhna so what i'm going to mention i think only reflects on maghreb not anywhere else and even in maghreb a specific group and not everyone entirely so i hate lhna a lot of people i know and a lot of guys i know hate lhna as well as well as a lot of girls i know hate lhna as well i think and according to the research limits and by that i mean i browsed r/morocco for henna opinions and i asked some people around that i know about why they love henna or why they use it the main reasons why 
الحنه از هيتد فور ماني بيبول از بيكوز اوف ذا سميل انا اي دونت اجري بيرسونلي بات ا لوت اوف بيبول سي بلي ذا سميل ديال الحنه از ا تيرن اوف ات دازنت لوك جود ات اولسو داز نوت لوك جود سم بيبول ثينك بلي ات لوكس ديسكاستينغ مينلي هيز ا ريمايندز ديم اوف بوبو ان كاكا So a lot of people do not like lhna because it reminds them of that, and that especially works in tandem with the fact that some people do not eat food made by tayab alianda lhna because they say that they can taste it. Although I think that's placebo, it also reminds them of poop, and food and poop usually don't go together unless and like a scat fetish. But I'm not here to judge. There's also a possible theory, and this is a possible theory. This is a theory, mia But I can also maybe say, Billy, why a lot of guys hate lhenna is because of the trauma or the PTSD they have related to it. And by that, I mean, fish they were circumcised, and they received lhenna, so their brain associates the painful memories to lhenna application as well. All right. Now that we know why people hate it, I also want to talk about why people love it. And I asked people, and some people actually have a fetish for lhenna, which I think is fucking crazy. I don't see how you can get turned on by lhenna, but alas, who am I to judge? If you're into the meta of lhenna when it comes to arts, then all the power to you. If you think that's hot, that's hot. Okay, so the main reason why people love lhenna is first of all the smell in contrary to what i said qbila a lot of people also love the smell ديال الحنه they think it's earthy they think it's refreshing and at the same time a lot of people enjoy الحنه because of its health properties now there is no conclusive scientific evidence li kayqul lik wash الحنه is beneficial to the skin or the hair there is no study to elaborate on that May it can also be placebo where people think use lhenna on their hair or their skin, then it would automatically make their skin richer, fuller, hair more more nourished, less frizzy, etc. It can be, and this is a theory, but it can be associated lawson, the chemical element that I mentioned Qbila. It protects the skin and the hair from UV lights and from the sunlight. Well, again, it comes at the cost of using up the keratin that is present in the skin and in the hair. So unless you have a keratin factory in your hair or your skin, then it's a 50-50. So there is no conclusive scientific evidence about what henna does. Now, the final reason and why I think why most people enjoy henna is because Lhenna is a socially acceptable tattoo. You can get a tattoo of whatever you want in henna and nobody will say or look at you differently or anything. People love lhenna for that because you can get a basically a tattoo for free. And you can reapply it, get a new one. Nobody will judge, nobody will talk to you anything because it is a socially acceptable tattoo that is not... A tattoo. It's a halal tattoo. And if you're also an arts connoisseur, then maybe you will also enjoy the floral patterns and the beautiful designs But to me, I think they're beautiful, but not on henna, maybe in architecture or something like that. But that's not up for me to determine. It is up for each person to determine. And I don't know what your stance on henna. 
if you are a guy listening to this podcast, then there's a good chance you hate it as well. If you're not, then I am very, very, very unsure on what's your stance on henna. You could be indifferent, and maybe this whole podcast episode is useless because why the fuck would you ask and talk about henna? My point is, and just to recap everything we've talked about, henna has been historically present forever. In 1700 BCE, the ancient Egypt's ancient Egyptians, blah, blah, blah. ancient Egyptians used it as a way to to protect the mummies they create, as well as to protect themselves medicinally. And it has across many countries for the Mediterranean, henna was used as a as a way to beautify and adorn women, specifically in celebrations like weddings or religious events. It was only by an Indian empire, according to Source Legitim No, which is the Natural History Museum in the UK. According to them, it was the Indian Empire, the Mughal Indian Empire, who introduced the method where you have the floral patterns, you have the beautiful designs. They were the ones who made henna tatouage into an art. And henna as a whole is a storytelling device across the Mediterranean as well as South Asia. And I simply think it is beautiful how, despite the years, despite the cultures, despite the distance, despite everything, all of us and our ancestors agree that henna is a positive element into our lives. It is beauty, it is protection, it is stability, it is celebration, all of that. But still, for me, I hate henna and I don't think I'll ever change on that. But it is up to you what you think of henna. Just know Billy, it is an amazing storytelling device. Moin, Ikhwan, Akhawat, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Mish Mahlash podcast. I hope we answered Ilish. If you enjoyed this episode, maybe share it with a friend, maybe download it, maybe rate it. It is up to you. If you have feedback or determine the next episode subjects, then feel free to visit me on Instagram at Abdunijam, that's the host. At A B D O N E G A M. Me until next time, stay safe and stay away from Hinnah.